Welcome to today's episode of the Drama New South Wales podcast. Today we continue our series in looking at the options from the HSC for studies in drama and theatre. In particular, today we look at multidiscipline theatre and I speak to Catherine Green, an experienced teacher who's been looking at and doing a lot of interesting things with multidiscipline theatre over the years. I hope today's episode is helpful to you, whether you're a teacher, a student, or someone who's just simply interested in multidiscipline theatre. Today we have Catherine Green. Catherine is the head of drama at Shire Christian School, having introduced the subject there in 2005. She was inspired to teach multidiscipline theatre as an HSC topic after discovering Simon McBurney's work in 2013 and has also been experimenting with their visceral processes ever since. Catherine has experienced a number of live complicite performances, including The Encounter, A Pacifist Guide to the War on Cancer and Beware of Pity. In addition to attending workshops with the company when they were on tour from the UK in 2018. She enjoys exploring the way that theatre can shift and change, as well as how theatrical strategies born in drama can lead the way in cultivating a more creative school environment. Welcome, Kath. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, So we're talking today about multidiscipline uh, theatre, which is one of the options for the HSC. Can you Mm -hmm. explain, first of all, what multidiscipline theatre is? Um, yes. So uh, multidiscipline theatre um, is, I think, well-named because um, it involves many disciplines or uh, many di- different elements coming together to, in the devising of um, this form of theatre. So it's looking at creating original theatre using different people, different things, and also, um, quite importantly, different technologies or technologies in new and different ways. Um, so the way I, I see it is that it, it elevates other elements that you might find in theatre to the status of the writer and, and the performer um, so that props are just as important as an actor and, uh, and, and lighting and um, the sound elements are just as important as, as perhaps a playwright. And it also invites non-theatre people to be part of the collaboration of theatre. So, for example, if there's a... Um, a piece of work that they're looking at doing that has something to do with maths, for example, um, having a mathematician be involved who wouldn't normally create theatre. So it's that those kinds of things involving lots of different people in the creation of the theatre. And for multidiscipline theatre, when you're looking at the topic, there are two forms or two, two um, uh, types, two practitioners. Simon McBurney uh, has created uh, the Complicité Theatre and there's also Robert Lepage who's created Ex Machina. So they're two different practitioners who are part of this multidiscipline form. Yeah, I, I think one of the other things um, is that uh, they don't, because these forms of theatre tend to try and push away from what traditional theatre is, they don't like to be defined. So one thing Simon McBurney says when someone asks him, can you put in a sentence what um, complicite is? He says, no, I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, one of his things that he wanted to do was create theatre that he didn't see, so theatre that he wasn't seeing on the stage. Um, and Lepage does something, diff- something similar where he, his theatre is, he specifically didn't want to name it 
something theatre. So he called it Ex Machina. So there's this sense that it's, um, it's yeah, it's that they're trying to push away from that traditional. I think that is, though, the best explanation I have heard of multidiscipline theatre. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taking years, Sonia. <laughs> I, I do think um, it, what you said at the end there is the very difficulty with that, isn't it? Uh, the very nature of this theatre tries not to be defined in a neat little package. And so it does become quite a fluid kind of definition that changes and evolves over time as new technologies and practices kind of come into it as well. But I love what you said there about it, it's the idea of elevating other elements of production to that of the playwright and the actor. I think that's a really great way of explaining that. Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. One, of, one thing that got me in was that that element that they didn't want to be defined. And I thought, yeah, that's to me, that's an exciting notion. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think an exciting notion for students as well um, because yeah. a lot of the time we're in school systems saying, you know, here's, here's the perfect little de definition, whereas this is very much the spirit of, like, here is something that refuses to be defined and is a little bit rebellious in the theatre world. So on that note, um, what do you think the appeal is of this unit of work both for students and teachers? So, like I said, I think the fact that it's, it doesn't want to be defined and it tries to find new ways of doing theatre is something for me um, as a person who loves theatre um, and loves the new and innovative ways that people use theatre. That, for me, was a massive, um, a massive appealing um, element. But also the fact that it is, it's all about the devising process. It's not, it's not just about um, the end product. And in fact, the devising process is just as, as much an important part of, of this type of theatre as the play itself. And when we think about drama, that's a hugely important part of what we're doing with drama um, in the school curriculum in, is, is that we are very keen for students to understand that they can be theatre creators themselves um, and that in order to do that they can work together as well so it comes from for me it sort of involves a very core of what um, our subject is which is the creation of a piece of theatre together mm -hmm. um, so that for me is a, a fascinating um, part of multidiscipline theatre and I think also as well in some ways many of us are adopting these practices in our own context perhaps without even knowing it um, particularly for those teachers who are by themselves as drama teachers in their schools if they're putting on a show and they're asking other people within the school to be involved in a team with them they, they're sort of doing that um, going through some similar elements in their process um, and it's those um, that kind of collaborative nature for me in creating things um, and and just a, the sense that it's it's um, seeking to be original, um, to find new ways of doing things, um, to push the boundaries of how theatre can be created, um, particularly with technology, which I think can be really challenging, but in a um, in an exciting way. Because how you know it, how do you involve technology or and, and elements of film, I suppose, in theatre? They feel like they're two almost contrasting things but um, multidiscipline theatre actually makes them work together in a really beautiful way and in a really visual and visceral way um, which is exciting as an audience member too. Yeah so it sort of takes this idea of the playwright sitting down on their own writing a play 
handing that script to the director, the director then engaging actors. It takes that out and it starts with the team and the idea or even just the team and the team finds the idea. Um, and then through improvisation and experimentation, you know, that, that's those strong elements, um, that highly practical nature, that's where the theatre is found. So, yeah, for me, that's, that links in really well into what we're actually trying to do with drama in a, in a holistic sense when we're um, teaching it at school. So, yeah, uh, I also guess that links into playbuilding really lovely, you know, really lovely. Well, way. yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it can really help in the HSE course for them to have explored these kinds of things in groups and then to move into, um, you know, their group performance. So, um, yeah, like it's, it's, there's, so many layers to it it's quite an interesting way and there's lots of ways in for students too so I think that's really great um students can bring their own expertise to the group um and use that their own strengths and use that um to create theatre which uh I think is is really awesome um in their final year yeah um what do you think are the really important things to make sure you consider from the rubric in regards to this unit of study so like all the topics, it'll, the rubric will always say um, that it's, you know, th this is being explored in a theoretical and experiential way um, and it's no different for, for multidiscipline theatre. I think it's really important that it's experiential, which if you're not sure what that means, just means by your experience, by experiencing it for yourself in a practical way. So you're up on your feet and you're doing things rather than just listening or talking which is important, but sometimes we might fall into the default of doing that, uh, particularly in the classroom. If you look at the rubric, uh, and it might help for you to have it there, there are, I, I, look, I like to look at the three Ps there, which is the philosophies, um, processes and practices of the practitioner. So for me, uh, they're sort of three key elements that I look at when I'm um, when we're moving through what it, what this is. I've, I look at Complicite, so we look at McBurney, but you could be also looking at um, Lepage's work. Um, it's important to understand what, that, what these are for that particular practitioner, which, you know, it can be difficult when it's, not when it's hard to define, but you, you can definitely get there. If you have a look through the rubric a little further down, you'll see it says highly visual, so that's important. But just before that, um, it's how these, these um, practitioners challenge traditional representation and dramatic narrative. Um, and that's a really important part of this rubric. Um, so one thing to try and define for yourself is what, what is a traditional um, representation and dramatic narrative. Um, and when I'm looking at this, I look at things like essentially, you know, what is the well-made play? What do we see on stages as a, a traditional kind of play, like a, a perhaps a linear um, plot or narrative, um, perhaps realism in style? And how how does um, how can we move out of that? Uh, and you you only have to look at the way the plays um, are structured to see that these plays often move through time backwards and forwards. Um, so that means they're non-linear in that way. Um, and also the engagement with technology is um, is an important part of that too. And there's obviously more to that, but that's just an important element is to figure out what is it that they're challenging there. Um, and certainly the way that they're constructed and also what they look like on stage as well. Uh, there's also a section, there's quite a lot in the rubric, uh, but there's there's a section there on looking at the, um, the technologies, which is important as well. You can see... Uh, Two, 
the, the sometimes we might forget about the issues part of the rubric where we look at cultural, personal and global issues, but even that is really important um, to touch into, particularly if you've got uh, four um, complicite, you're looking at a play, so looking at how those issues are represented on the stage in that particular play. Yeah, and then finally, uh, having your own piece is an important part of this of this uh, topic too, and expo- exploring it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, we might go to that because you just mentioned mm. that. So, the final line of the rubric says that. Study should include the student's exploration of the process and performance of an original piece of multidiscipline theatre, drawing on practices of the chosen practitioner. How do you go about that? That's a good question. Um, uh, for me, uh, what I do with my students is um, we they create their own piece of theatre using um, McBurney's strategies. So... For example, uh, you you might um, start with some images that you can find um, either from the play or the rehearsal booklet or from something that has been a stimulus for that practitioner. Um, it could be visual, it could be some text, um, it could be props that are similar or it even could be some of the rehearsal um, uh, exercises as well uh, and it could be a number of these things but starting with that and then actually looking at the process um, that these practitioners go through and trying to mirror that as well um, that's really important I think for students to experience for themselves sometimes it's um, a challenge because it's such an open-ended because it's it is so much up to the group themselves to come up with their own original um, material, um, but certainly um, teachers can help with that um, and provide some assistance. Uh, but I think it, it's important that they have that experience so they understand the the practitioner's process for themselves. For me, my students actually do this as as a as a task, but it doesn't it doesn't have to be a formal task. It could just be that they actually experience that um, over you know, a week or two weeks of creating even just a very brief moment. And for me, mine, I do make uh, mine quite brief, a few minutes long because there are so many layers to multidiscipline theatre. Uh, I prefer for them to have an explore of those layers rather than to try and make this massive project. Um, but just to get a sense of the process to create it and then this little moment that they've created at the end. Um, yeah, that's, that's an important part of it for me. Yeah, and I guess when it, what it's saying in the rubric is that the students need to explore that process and performance of an original piece. And so mm-hmm. it's important, as you say, for it to not be too long because how on earth do you find time for that process and then performance if it's this mammoth piece of work? Because mm-hmm. that process will take some time, I think, as well um, for students to kind of really engage with when students write about their experiences in the exam can we perhaps discuss that for a moment how much are they referencing the play so for example with you with complicite um, a disappearing number uh, yeah. how much are they referencing the actual text which i think is rehearsal notes or something from yeah. um, complicite and how much are they referencing their own personal work yeah, so that can be a bit challenging. Um, in some ways, same with Lepage too. It's it's um, you've got a textbook 
to the, that has the um, exercises and the processes in that, but it should be referred to in the final exam. Um, because the, it says these are your texts that are set for study, so for complicite, you've got the play and you've also got, um, you've also got the, uh, the rehearsal notes booklet, so you really have to reference that in um, your, your response. I think for me um, often uh, that it can be referred to as um, in the sense that it's, an, it's evidence of the process. Um, so in their discussion about um, the, the rehearsal space for the, for the team, um, that's reflected for a disappearing number in the rehearsal notes booklet. So you can have a look at that specific that specific section of the rehearsal notes booklet and talk about that. Um, but you can also talk about the fact that there is a rehearsal notes booklet and that these are the things that um, are in it, such as the, the rehearsal space having all of the ideas um, on, on the wall. Um, and they can actually then refer to their own um, process as well if they've adopted that as, uh, in, in uh, doing their own piece. So in some ways you can integrate that into other, other things that need to happen in that essay because there are quite, there's a quite a few things that need to be included um, uh, there. But yeah, it is a really, really important part of, of the response that they include that. Um, but also that it's, it's still practical and still remains very um, on stage or sort of in actively in the rehearsal space um, in the examples that they give. So there should be um, reference to, for complicite, disappearing number, the play um, in performance. You can, there are ways to access the performance which um, are paid. So for those who can't do that, you can still get um, snippets on YouTube and of course in their own creation um, or ex exploration of the scenes themselves they're completely and highly um, appropriate to be referred to but also students can create um, for themselves uh, descriptions of what those moments might look like in their own kind of directorial mind if that makes sense so how would they put that on on um, stage and what that would they do with the projections in that scene so there are lots of ways that they can access that in a practical way um, using descript descriptive language um, but yes I think keeping keeping those examples um, practical with with you know using um, describing the moments on stage and describing live theatre is is really really important yeah yeah um, and I think that's really good to point out. There will be students out there or teachers out there who perhaps don't have the ability to pay for the versions of these plays, but that the free versions online with YouTube um, can easily be referenced in essays and that your own kind of imagining or workshopping of these things could also be referenced. in. in well, I think, the, yeah, I think the great thing about that is depending on, depending on how much experience you have in trying to do that for yourself and depending on the question, you can actually create, you know, in, you know, on the spot in the exam, you could create that, you know, that, um, that perfect moment for the question that is being asked. Um, of course, getting to that point, I think, takes a little bit of experience and um, practicing in your writing. But I, so, and, but I, and I think too, of course, the more theatre you've seen, in the, uh, not theatre you've seen, sorry, but the more um, theatrical, um, experience you have whether that's just yourself um, as you've experienced it at school or um, explored um, you know different theatrical moments for yourself that that can help you to be able to create those moments in your mind's eye 
All right. Are there any other things that you want to say about how you approach teaching the unit, um, especially given that it's only one play and the and the other ones are reference? Yeah, I think I think for me, sometimes it's a challenge um, for students to come up with really original ideas, and and also just getting that balance because there's so much that you can do with multidiscipline theatre, uh, and like a lot of topics that we're doing um, in the HSE year really it's sort of like a uh, in some ways a flyover with some moments where you're sort of digging in deep to really get a sense of what you know this this theatre is all about um, just getting the balance of what what it is why why it is the way it is and then how how you can how it can work for you um, is really important and just being, you know, exploring and experimenting is is an important element of this. Just having it, having it live in your classroom, using the processes that the practitioners have um, have created for yourself. It's wonderfully open in that because you can create your own piece of theatre, you can decide where that goes. So we one year we had um, just as an example we, we normally use an overhead projector a really old school overhead projector because that's an element that's one of the props um, the significant things in um, a disappearing number and uh, so normally that's one of the props that I give a stimulus for the task or the you know the, their own piece and one year we had students who um, set up this they decided um, in just as they were exploring different lights like literally light globes and things like that they decided to look at the idea of going the process of going blind and to represent that on stage using an over an old overhead projector yeah. and so they had on on the overhead projected onto the wall the letters uh, you know that you'd see at an optometrist and the actor was standing um, in front of that wall so that the letters were sort of also over that actor and they had a, another performer who was speaking an, uh, a voiceover talking about how the, the moments of him going blind. And as that happened, they had a performer behind the overhead projector globe kind of reaching their sort of curled fingers around the globe um, as the, the actor in front of the, the, um, the wall was using his own hands to slowly cover his face. And it felt, it felt from an audience perspective like that moment that he went blind and so it was just such a beautiful moment and it only was created because these students were experimenting with what it looked like mm. uh, physically with this overhead projector so it's things like that that I think um, that would never have happened just from sitting down and talking about what what the structure of the piece could be so yeah that's what I've that's what I've loved about it I think that's the key is just um, getting up and having a go and trying trying with these um, these different processes that these practitioners have created. Yeah, oh, that's such an evocative and beautiful description um, of what your students were doing. And I think it's also important to remember with with this is that we don't need to be in schools that have huge theatres with crazy technology in order to be able to do that. It can literally be an old. 80s overhead projector um that that you're using it doesn't have to be that you have you know all the newest technology in order to be able to effectively play around with multidiscipline 
Absolutely. And sometimes people look at this rubric and go, technology, I don't have that. But it's not about that. It's actually about the way you use any technology. And so using old technology in a new way or in a way that's different to what it was originally meant, that shows originality and that is interesting and engaging and I think sometimes you might have the most beautiful if you have the most beautiful facilities then push the boundaries of those you know use some of those things in new ways find ways of using them that you haven't done before but if you don't have all of those things then fantastic you have to use your creativity there and that's that's the cool thing about this form of theatre is it doesn't matter what you have it's about how you use it and that's the best that's why I love it I think it's trans you can translate it anywhere so uh, yeah, yeah I'm clearly yeah. love it <laughs> <laughs> it could be a torch a sheet um uh, an old radio and that is multidiscipline too if you're using absolutely. that absolutely yeah. yeah and if you've got a you know you've got a, a as, um, sometimes team members have their own specific skills other people don't have so you know, one person might be an exceptional singer. So use that skill in the piece that you're doing. Another team might have someone who's a dancer. We'll use that skill, you know, use, use what you've got. And I, I love that because it kind of celebrates um, the, the coming together of, um, of people's sort of areas of expertise. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's, that's, that's a key for me. What, what has surprised you about teaching this unit of work or doing it in your school? I think how well some students have adopted the process and the ideas that they have. So that idea before about the, the person going blind was, was one I was blown away with. And it's not always the students you would expect. So any students who are listening and you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm not always going so well in, in drama. I'm not always having, you know, the best, the best marks. Um, I, I, I don't think it's, it's always cut and dried in multidiscipline theatre. I think you can get all sorts of ideas and things happening. Uh, there was another time where there was a suitcase that like with two light globes and big sheets where they made a big massive monster on stage. Like it's just the, the ideas are crazy. I, I can't even, it's not the kind of thing I ever expect really. And I'm never sure what to expect. So um, from that, from that, perspective that's what I love the surprise is what the students often um, bring to it and I and I think I I guess also I've been teaching this topic for a few years now and I guess I'm surprised that I've still okay I'm, I'm still happy to teach it like I'm not I'm not bored by it which yeah can you know like you can do something for a while and you get a bit a bit over it but um I'm, I'm not I'm not really over it which is pretty good I think yeah I think that's yeah. a lot <laughs> Um, and what's what do you think is difficult or challenging about this unit of work? Um, so I think one of the things that is difficult is just that there is a lot you can do with it. So trying to decide um, what to not do is hard. And I, I think, uh, you know, for, for me, I don't always, you know, we don't tend to go through the entire disappearing number play because it, it's, it, look, it's hard, it's hard on the page, I think. It, you, you really have to get up and, and have a go with it. And it does take a while um, for students to get their heads around um, what's happening in that. So for me, I think because it's such a beautiful, visual, visceral, um, experiential uh, form, uh, it is harder to um, understand what it looks like when you read what is being described on the page. 
Um, so that that is a bit of a challenge, but it's not one that you you know that you can't can't overcome. And I think just uh, yeah, just just trying to um, help those who are struggling with ideas and things like that um, without you know doing doing it yourself as a teacher is important as well. Just trying to help start those ideas, but not completely generate um, them and giving confidence to people that they can actually. Sometimes students aren't like you say, you know. We, we might not, we're used to saying one plus one equals two and um, that's it. So, um, which I love a disappearing number because even the title, a disappearing number is um, not what you would expect of maths. And one thing I love about a disappearing number is that there are lots of um, drama students who would say maths is not their thing in inverted commas. And, um, and I think that's the very reason Simon Simon McBurney chose, um, you know, to do the subject matter is because it does feel non-creative, you know, maths, but maths is highly creative and mm -hmm. it's very much about, um, and, and so that's I, I, even that kind of, um, uh, you know, typically what you would think typically um, separate entities um, come together really beautifully. We, I love to have, we have a wonderful maths teacher at our, um, at our school who comes in and does a little bit of maths with us so we can hear some of the rhythms and the way that that he does that and it's a really great moment because um he he we all just enjoy it because he does these um interesting maths things with the class and they kind of evaluate the they look at the way that he um you know uses rhythms and things like that so yeah and patterns so yeah i've it's it's a challenge but it's um there are challenges but it, they're worth it i think sometimes having, you know, having a bit of a wrestle with a topic is, is worth it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Just going back to the writing of, like, writing essays for this unit of work, is there anything that you would say to teachers or students about how to approach the writing for the unit of work? We touched on that a bit before, but is there anything else you wanted to say about that? It's helpful to look at previous year's questions, which I would definitely do as um, practice. So that's a good thing, but obviously don't expect those questions to come up again. Um, it's really important that you get used to um, answering things on the spot. The question, of course, um, you know, the, the rubric, uh, when you look at the rubric, you can see that, and, and you look at the questions that have been asked, you can see that there are elements from the rubric that, that have come, you know, into the questions. Um, but, uh, you know, be prepared for any of those, any of, any parts of that rubric to appear in the question, mm. um, which is why I mentioned before about looking at the issues and some of those other things. Um, yeah, so just, just I think having, um, having an idea about what all of those the elements of the rubric mean and how they relate to the text that you've got and also to your own piece can be really helpful when you, you know, when you get your question in knowing um, how you can actually answer that. Yeah. Okay, any other areas that you want to explore for somebody who's considering teaching this unit or, um, you know, thinking about in a few years or a year or two they might take this on? Yeah, so I think, um, I think don't be afraid of it. Um, I think f for me, I... I saw, I, I went to a, a, a you know, a, a workshop. Um, I'd never heard of it before and I, I, I like, you know, learning new things. So I went to a workshop on it thinking, what is this? And fell in love with it. Um, 
and fell in love with the practical and the vi- the visual nature of it and also the fact that you know people could use their mobile phones as part of the theater and even i mean especially now for me i'm just looking at what what's happening now with technology and how that's becoming a bit more part of our lives and a bit more part of theater um, in, in an even, you know, in a bigger way, I just think um, it's it's worth a look at this particular form of theatre because I, I think it will break you out of a... Um, sometimes we get into a bit of a formulaic way of doing, creating theatre. It has to be done in this way. And um, this, this process can break you out of that because it does um, ask you to look at how theatre can be created in a way that's not your, your regular, usual um, way. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have a go. You might even want to try some, look at some strategies and try some strategies in, in other year groups if you, you know, with playbuilding, if you don't want to jump into HSE straight up and, and that could be a good option as well. I know that's what I've done. I'm very passionate about the voice of women in theatre and um, I want to continue teaching that, but I've started to introduce into year 10. Uh, we definitely look at multidiscipline now because I think it's so relevant Yes. to them and current contemporary theatre making that in some ways I can't not teach that because that's the here and now in theatre. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I've looked at ways of bringing it in elsewhere because I love I love it so much. Um, and there's so many things you can do. So that's like, you know, as a drama teacher, there's lots and lots of different forms of theatre that you can teach. So, And I, I, there's, I know there's lots of other teachers who do the same thing who might not be teaching in the HSC, but they have elements of it in other years because they see it as being as a really important part of um, drama students' um, education. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, is there anything else you wanted to talk about or share? Oh, I was going to just play a little um, a clip of, uh, it's just an audio because um, this is a podcast, of um, some of a disappearing number just to hear some of the layers that um, you go through in, in a few scenes close together. I'll just play this little, this is, um, if you just do a Google search for Complicite, a disappearing number, you'll probably find it's like a, an interview with Simon McBurney um, and I believe it's in Spanish, it's got Spanish subtitles and it sounds really bizarre, but it's got, it's got the best um, amount of clips of a disappearing number uh, where you can actually see some of the really cool moments that, are, um, that you can read in the, in the actual play script. So I'm just going to play a little section of it um, so you can just hear some of the, the interesting, you know, the interesting sound elements. So here we go. Unless I remain here for two years more, I cannot do all I have to do. I find myself working. Yeah, so that just, there's, there's, it's gone through a few scenes there, but it just gives you a bit of a, a sound bite of, um, yeah, how some of, how some of that might sound with all the different layers. Completely. And I do think a Disappearing Number is one of those plays that when I've seen it, it's, it really does uh, hit you how many layers are going on, um, not just audio-wise, but visually as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and expertise on this with everybody from Drum New South Wales and students and other people who might be listening as well. I know um, it is hugely helpful to just be able to go through the rubric and talk about what, what needs to be focused on, how you approach the writing about it and just have a talk about this unit of work. So thank you for sharing your time with us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And there you have it, another episode from the Drama New South Wales podcast. We hope you're enjoying this series of studies in drama and theatre, and we will, of course, continue to interview people for the remaining topic areas. In the meantime, let us know what you would like from us with Drama New South Wales. We love to hear from our community. We have an Instagram page, we have a Facebook page, and we have many contact details. So please get in touch with us. Let us know what we're doing right and what we could be improving on.